Are you ready to build a business with consistent income and have time left to spend with your family? In Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the strategies to create exactly what you want in your business and in your life. Now, here's your host, Kathleen Reeson. Hello, welcome to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we have an exciting show for you today. We are talking about customer user design, what it is, what how we utilize it for our businesses, and I've brought on a guest, Laura Hand, who is going to talk all about what it is and teach us how we can utilize this. So, Laura, are you there? I am. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning. Thanks for being here. I'm very excited. Awesome. So let's just dive right in. So Laura, uh, I could talk all about you. I love you. And I want to share just a little bit about your journey and how you got on the path that you're on. So do you want to just talk for a little bit about how you got where you're at right now, how you focus your attention for customer user design? Yes. Well, I decided to do something big and I left my big corporate job at the end of December before COVID and decided to do something different. Um, so I was the head of marketing for a large healthcare company, and it was kind of a path where I know I needed to fulfill something a little bit different for me, and that led me into focusing my expertise around customer experience design. And I actually have a digital background, so a lot of people think that user experience is around the design of a website, but it really can be used to help the entire experience and journey of a customer from beginning to the end of that transaction. I love how you, you tie that into purposeful design and purposeful experience. Can you talk a little bit about how you chose the path that you're on specifically, which industries you work in now? Yes. Well, I am in cannabis and hemp, and so I know that's usually one of those um, stigmatized terms where people are wondering what this is all about and how can customer experience design really be applied to that, and it goes back to my story. So um, about 10 years ago, my I lost my brother to a drug-related heart attack, and about a year and a half later, lost my father to brain cancer. And so that forever shaped my life, and it really just helps prioritize what's crucial and important for myself and what I want to do and have an impact on in the world. And I believe that cannabis and hemp are both healing medicinal plants that could have properly, um, with proper education and access, could have changed their outcomes. And so I'm trying to create my own business now and spend my time committed to customer experience strategy because my desire is to have every patient feel heard, cared for, and feel delighted with their cannabis and hemp wellness journey. Yeah, and I, I love how you're applying this into that industry. And what I hear you saying is that the principles that you apply can really be applied anywhere. Oh, absolutely. At the root of any product or service, a business owner, an entrepreneur, a founder is trying to alleviate a problem or create a better solution for something. And when you think about the customer and keeping that in the middle of that, then you will always succeed because you're trying to care for them. And what often happens is as we start 
being a business owner and getting kind of involved in all the fiddly bits of, you know, payroll and working with vendors, we sometimes lose sight of that customer because it's just, it's not our primary focus. And so customer experience design is really just a strategy that allows you to have an evolving loop that empowers not only yourself, but your entire team to have the autonomy to take care of that customer where they're at when they need the help. So tell me about your favorite experience that you've seen where, where customer user design has really been effective. Well, I'll start simple. There's customer experience design is really to help look at where there's gaps and where there's moments of delight. And so an ex- example of a gap is something where a customer feels frustrated. They're not getting the things they need as fast as they think they need it. And so a, a very common gap that we see is when a customer might repeatedly reach out to a business for support because of an issue and they don't feel like they're being heard or taken care of. And so they keep on calling in. And for a business, what that means is it drives expenses. And so the more expenses that they have uh, divulged into taking care of that customer because they're frustrated, the less time they can be spending towards providing more proactive solutions and taking care of that customer. Yes, so you've got... uh Let's just look at it from any industry because I know you've worked in a lot of them. Well, let's let's just look at the cannabis. You were telling me about experiences in other states about long lines uh, and the the process to actually get product. Can you Mm -hmm. share a little bit about that, what that's like? Yes. And so for cannabis specifically, it was deemed as an essential service, which is fantastic for the whole. But what's happening is those that need it for medicinal purposes – have to a lot of times order it online because of COVID. And um, a lot of companies were not ready for it to be an online experience. And so they quickly had to adapt and pivot and make these online experiences where you order online. And then you have to show up in, you're given a time spot to come and pick it up within 24 hours of that order. And so sometimes these people are spending up to nine hours in tents outside of these dispensaries waiting for that product because they they need it. And so they're willing to put up with that long line, but it doesn't mean they're happy about it. And at some point, there's going to be a choice that they get of which company they want to purchase from, and they're going to choose that based on experience. Nine hours. Nine hours. I'm just, I'm blown away. I mean, one, who would want to do that? And two, at the effects of that, I mean, think about that anywhere else. Like if you were going to go to a bank and uh, you waited nine hours to deposit money, that just wouldn't happen. But in this experience, go ahead. And I was going to say that that was, that's correct. But right now it's supply and demand. And so obviously because of, um, the complexities around cannabis, it's hard to have a lot of availability. And so when there's minimal opportunities to get the product that you need, you're willing to put up with it at this point. But again, once access becomes more readily available, they are going to have a choice, and that's going to be based on the type of experience. And at that level, if you have to wait nine hours uh, when somebody else has figured it out and been able to get that down to a more uh, minimal time, 
you're going to choose that because uh, you're less frustrated, you're more delighted with the overall process. And so you looked at delight, and you said that a couple times, and I know that's something that you focused on as far as uh, a process. Can you talk about what the customer delight process is? Yeah, it's a three-step process, and it boils it down to understand, explore, and materialize. And the understand is understand your experience, vision, and customers. And so I know I've talked a lot about creating delight, but you first of all have to start with the end in mind by having experience, vision, and outcomes for you and your team. So in five years, what's the overall vision you want to achieve? That helps build a culture around autonomy of taking care of your customer, and it helps them handle gaps and create delight along the way. And it keeps you focused on what you need to be focused on. And the overall understanding is, of course, knowing your customers, and that's through empathy. So that's beyond demographics and, you know, what they're purchasing. It's knowing their name. What are they facing in their life right now? How can you make their life better in this moment? And so that helps you be more proactive in working towards your experience vision. That second step is explore. The exploring is being curious and being present in the moment of the customer when they are using your product or service. So watch that customer along their buying journey, you know, from before they come to the store, which is on your, your with your online presence and your awareness, all the way through when they're coming in the door, working with your customer service agents at the point of purchase and beyond, such as um, seeing what deals you have or following up with that customer to see how that journey was. And then it's measuring that overall experience of that journey. During each of those little touch points, what was their feeling? You know, think about the smiley face, the frowny face that you see at airports and different um, businesses. What they're trying to do is gauge what you felt along each of those touch points. And it's as simple as that. If a customer during the, the point of purchase says frowny face and explains why, like, I didn't feel like I was heard, I was rushed to make a decision, by a company really looking at that, and pairing against their vision, they can see, okay, team, we have consistent people that are frustrated with our point of purchase process. What can we do to sit down, brainstorm, and fix this problem so it doesn't keep happening? And then the next step is looking at that and how do we make it delightful? How can we take it beyond just expectations? And so the next time they come to our point of purchase, they can, a person is smiley faced because they're like, wow, that was a fantastic experience. I'm going to remember this. It's something I'm going to go out and talk to other people about. And that's how you have your brand evangelists and your loyalists that speak your story to other people. The last step is materialize. So we talked a little bit about that brainstorm of how to address gaps and create more delight, but then it's testing. It's coming up with your short, medium, and long-term plan, and not just for yourself, but again, your whole team, because they're in it. They understand the vision of where you're trying to go, and they're trying to make things better, because at their heart, they want to take care of the customer as well. And so it allows you to test the things that you want to test, see how things are going, and then you repeat that entire process. Because just like your business is evolving, so is your customer. So you have to keep on trying to learn about them as you grow. 
So one of the things that I just heard you say was about the waypoints, or I use the term waypoints, but how you said it was gauging points along the path. So the, the airport, for example, with the smiley faces or the frowny faces when you walk out of the bathroom, I hadn't thought about that as being really engaged for the user experience. I thought that's more of a metric to see how the cleaning staff did. But I hear you in saying that's all part of the experience. Well, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be super sophisticated. I know you can get super deep and come up with um, different measurements around their delight or frustrations. But going back to that smiley face, um, walking off an airplane terminal, you'll a lot of times see that prompt too. It just gives them quick information as to how specifically one um, interaction with that company went. And you just have to start small. It doesn't have to be a big, elaborate plan. So what I what I hear is you know, lots of different pieces that we can collect along the way. And I'm wondering, uh, what do we what do we do with all that data once we collect it? So we've we've set out all these points, and we're actually we're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, I want to I want to dig in there of the flip side to data in this process and how we can really utilize it to understand the experience. Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to go on a quick break. You're listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson and guest Laura Hand today. We'll be right back. We're talking about customer user design. We'll see you in just a few minutes. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, and she will show you how you can build a business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson. We're on Inspired Choices 
Network. And today we have guest Laura Hand with us, and we are talking about customer user design. Right before we went on break, we talked about what it was and how we could utilize it and how companies are using even just small ways like walking out of an airport bathroom and having the frowny face or the happy face to understand what these data points are and gauge against their vision. And so now we're going to go into what do you do when you have this data and you're figuring out how you apply it? Laura, can you talk to that? I can, and this is kind of where I nerd out because I get very excited about the data, and so you've unleashed a little bit of a beast here. Um, yes! So <laughs> uh, I would say if, when I talk to business owners, one of the, uh, the biggest frustrations that they have is that, that they have data, but they don't know what to do with it. We have so much data. We have, you know, what do we, what's the story behind it? What can we do with it? And there's a lot. And so I'm going to start with a couple simple things. And when I talked earlier about that experience vision, again, that is your large picture of where you want to be as a company and who you want to help. But then next it comes to what we call user experience outcomes. So those are the tangible ways that you are going to accomplish those goals. And then from those outcomes, you come up with your user stories. Who is the Mary that is going to use your product and be helped and provide an outcome based on that vision? So when we come to data and Mary, we want to understand the key performance indicators. You know, what is she giving you for those data points, and then how can you use them? One thing that uh, I've used in the past life is called the Net Promoter Score. So what it does, it's similar to the, the prompt of the smiley face and the frowny face, is that it's more um, computerized and allows people to be followed up with after the sales process to say, to rank you from 1 to 10, saying 10 was an amazing experience, one was not so great as a detractor. And so having that data, those points, allows you to start funneling it into what you're doing well, those gaps, and then the uh, the delight, and then the gaps. And so that data is on the experience level, but then you have data around your actual customers. So let's say that Mary has come back to your store three times now, and every time she has been given this survey through email, the Net Promoter Score, and that score is a consistent eight or nine, so overall positive, and she doesn't leave any comments, but then the next time she comes to your store, she follows up with a three, and so that data allows you to follow up with her and say, Mary, we have, we've appreciated your service. We know that you've been a loyal customer of ours several years now, and uh, we understand that you just moved to a new home, and um, you're going through the mortgage process, and you've got a lot in your mind. You most recently came to our store and had a, a less than positive experience. Tell us about that. A lot of people want to be heard, and um, they want things corrected. They're not trying to make your life hard. And so by taking that opportunity to hear Mary out, and say that maybe she was just in a in a bad frame of mind that day, and you have empathy towards that, now you can help her, listen to her, 
and apply that to your business and then follow up with her next time she comes in and says, Mary, we appreciate your feedback last time you came in. This is what we've done to correct the issue, and we hope that you can give us feedback as to how we've applied this. So now you've got this customer that felt like they were frustrated, but now they feel like they were heard. That speaks leaps and bounds about what kind of a company you are, and she is going to go out and praise you to all of her friends. So that's a simple way of using some of the data that you have available. The other way is simple demographics. Uh, a lot of times we don't ask for the information about that customer when they come in. And they may not want to give it, and that's okay, but you can also learn from Mary. And so if Mary does come in and you start learning information about her family, um, what her likes and dislikes are, uh, what are the, the points of frustration that she is seeking you out to help with, then you can start being proactive in your business. So again, looking at the experience vision, how can you be proactive in creating new solutions or new products for that customer in advance of them even asking for them? That helps you be a leader in the industry and help differentiate you as a brand amongst any competitors that you may have. So I hear all this information. What kind of technology tools can we use to make this easier for ourselves to get that data? Well, uh, again, there's simple things like uh, Gainsight or ActOn. So ActOn is an email automation tool that allows you to start putting in information that you have on your customers so you can personalize messages and follow up with them. So again, like ActOn as an example, if you have their name, um, location, the types of products and services that they like purchasing, and maybe some of the information or education that they would love to be provided, you can use tools like ActOn to feed that in and send it out automatically at different intervals. And so it takes some of the burden off of you having to do that by hand all the time. What size companies do you see that are really, that are collecting this sort of data? I mean, are we talking, how do you measure those? Is it by revenue? Is it by people? What's the common company look like? Well, it's interesting because the larger you become, the further away that you get away, or further you get away from your customer and knowing them because you're becoming steps removed. And, and so I often see the break around when you have 50 customers, or I'm sorry, 50 employees as a, as a company, you then start having different varying levels of, um, of needs within your business and you all have different responsibilities. And it's harder for, as a business owner, to be that one-to-one -one relationship with your customers. And so it's imperative that as you continue to scale and get bigger, you have teams devoted to that customer experience design, where their sole purpose is to live and breathe that customer so that they can give you the information as a business owner to make the proper decisions on behalf of that customer. So in these larger companies, is this a is this full-time role that somebody's hired, or where do you see, uh, like, a consultant that comes in? Is that more for the smaller companies, or are these larger companies using consultants too? Both. And so that's very important as we go along, that as a small company, 
sometimes you don't have the time to devote to your customer and getting to know their needs all the time. And so having an outside influence come in and give you some of the strategies, tools, and techniques to help you along the way is a great help. And then bigger companies, they often think they know the customer, and that's great. What happens is that customer evolves, and sometimes we get a little bit stuck as to who we think our customer is when maybe they've evolved. And so it's nice to have that outside-in approach where you have a consultant come in and say, okay, I hear you, and that's a great perspective. This is how you see your customer currently. We've done some outside consultants and um, looking or understanding of your customer, and this is what we're seeing. You know, how can we compare the two, marry the two, and then figure out how to interweave those? So what do you, so for the small company who's saying, I don't want to be removed regardless of the size that I grow, I don't want to be removed from my customer. So how do we put a strategy in place to ensure that we're collecting this data and we're moving through this process and staying close to our customers as we grow? It would be that three-step customer delight process. So by having, it's a, it's more of a discipline. We're on a regular basis. And so I would say quarterly, it's a good practice to go through those three steps of because it gives you a, a line in the sand as to where you are currently and where you want to go. So part of the the one of the steps of understanding your customer is to start ranking what their experience level is. So for instance, let's go back to Mary. So each touch point, we have had her rank of that smiley face and frowny face, let's say one to five. So of each of those steps, she has ranked it being five as delightful or one is not so great. And so you can plot her against each of those touch points of the customer journey. And then you do that for your multiple types of customers. So now you have your benchmarking. And if you do this quarterly, what you're trying to do is, of course, get better. Um, so I often recommend to small or large businesses is first write down that customer journey of your business and all the different touch points. Then you yourself go through the process and put your own marking of that one to five along each of those touch points so you have that baseline as to what you think the experience is for your customers. Then you go out to your customers, like a Mary, have her go through each step, and now you've got your baseline for that type of customer and continue to do so. So if you do revisit this whole three-step process every quarter, then you're seeing what your gaps are what your opportunities of delight are, and you can keep on trying to rise, raise those gaps and delight points. So so many great things in what you just said. I want to go back to first write down the customer journey and that piece, and let's mm -hmm. dig deeper there. So let's say, like you and I, let's just pick a fictitious business. Like, What do you think? Just pick one. What type of business? Um, well, let's say cannabis, a dispensary. Okay, perfect. So we have a dispensary, and let's talk, let's let's just draw out that customer journey. Let's just pick one element of it. Which one is on your mind right now? Well, um, for the listeners, in any journey, there's usually five steps. There's your awareness, your consideration, the choosing, the retention, 
and then the loyalty. So if we are going to focus in on one of those for today, that would be, let's say, the purchase. So with okay. that purchase, that could be going into that retail store. And we're going to um, say cannabis, but I know I've been using something in the past, such as it's more relatable for those that are in non-legal states. Um, let's say it's a, a health food store. So you have decided that you want to go on a path of being more healthy and have better choices. And so you go into this large health store and you walk in and you have no idea where to start. There's walls and walls of different brands claiming to kind of all do the same thing. So as a user, it can be very frustrating. So let's say I'm Mary, I'm walking in and I just want something that helps me sleep better at night. You know, I'm so wound up for the day. And I just need something that kind of relaxes my mind and my body so I can sleep better. So they, as you go down these aisles and aisles, you are reading through things and you have no idea. And so that person that walks up to you as a customer service rep and says, hi, Mary, what can I help you with today? And you can say, I'm trying to sleep better at night. And they say, ah, let me walk you through this. Let me ask you some more questions so I can have a better understanding. But I'm going to take you to this aisle, and let's walk through some different options. So that is one scenario. The other scenario is that nobody ever approaches Mary. She goes into some aisle that's labeled sleep. She spends a half an hour, if she even has that amount of time. She takes out a product. She purchases it. Nobody asks her anything about her. She goes home, she tries it, it doesn't work, and she feels like she was unheard, unfulfilled. And what do you think she's going to say about that store? The store really didn't do anything, and that was almost their problem. They didn't do anything wrong, but they didn't take the opportunity that they had to take care of that customer and the frustration that they had to help them in that moment that they needed. Okay, I see that. Yeah, I see. So now they're now she's frustrated. So let's back up and say, what are the points we can put? So now we're designing the experience. So what would that look like? And you cut out a little bit there, so I didn't understand the question. Okay, let's let's look at. Can you hear me better now? <laughs> yes, I can. Okay, awesome. So let's look back at that. So I hear you. Mary's frustrated now. So let's design that experience a different way. Okay. So Mary, again, wants better sleep. She walks into that store and she's excited because it took her a lot to be able to even walk into the store. She is approached by a friendly person saying, hi, how are you? I'm okay. I'm, what do you here for today? And then what they do is they are trying to understand their needs and not rush them to a decision. And what they're giving is options. They're trying to empathize with the customer. Mary's a smart person. She knows what she wants. She knows what she needs. She just needs help along the way and guided to that product choice. So by having that rep walk Mary down the aisle and go through the different types of products that they have, the different effects that they have, and what the actual desired results are, and then give Mary some time to think about it. 
the rep comes back and follows up to see how are you doing? Is there any additional questions that you have? I see that you're looking at this specific product. We have found this to help with one, two, three, and allow Mary to make that decision. So they go through the point of purchase. Mary goes home. She tries it out, and she says, gosh, I don't know if this is really doing what I was hoping it would do. And she falls back up with that rep at the store. You know what would be delightful is if that rep remembered Mary. And the rep mm-hmm. said, oh, Mary, I'm, I'm so glad that you called back. I was thinking about you, and I was going to follow up with you. How is that product doing? They hear her out and realize that maybe there was a different product that they could have recommended. And they say, come back in. We want you to try this one out. Mary is going to be so excited. Even if that product may not have the thing that she was really hoping for, she knows that that person is in it for her. They're really trying to understand and provide the best service that they can and just be human. They're just trying to help. And so Mary is now feeling like she has a group of people that understand her and are really trying to help her. We all want to speak to great experiences. And so Mary is going to help that business by promoting and saying, oh, my gosh, you have to talk to this rep. This rep was so phenomenal, heard me, made me feel comfortable and safe, like I really didn't know what I was doing, and now I've got this product that is really helping me. You've got to go check them out. I love that. but this, It sounds like such a warm and cozy experience. And the question I have is from a business owner perspective, as far as uh, cost-benefit analysis, you know, some of these like hyper-analysis questions, let's go on a break. And when we get back, let's talk about how implementing these kinds of processes, what kind of impact these can have on businesses. And I think that'll, that'll answer my question. Sound like a plan? Yes. Great. Okay. So I think we're listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. I'm Kathleen Reeson, and we are with guest Laura Hand, and today we are talking about customer user design. We will be back here in just a few minutes after this short break. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. I'm Kathleen Reeson, and we have guest Laura Hand with us today, and we were talking about customer user design. 
just before we went on break, we talked about how to actually design a journey map. And one of the things that as a business owner, an entrepreneur that crossed my mind was, yes, I'd love to have that person in the store. I'd love to have that salesperson, that person that's the relationship manager to work with somebody like Mary and walk through that process. And Laura, the thing that came to my mind was, oh, how much is that going to cost me? And I know I get to look at this as an investment. So can you flip that for me and share with me when people use these experiences, when, when, they, when they commit to these kinds of experiences and really designing the customer user design process, what kind of impact does it have on their bottom line? So I'm going to start with the frustrating part in the gaps. And so we often want to, of course, drive to revenue, and that does come from happy customers. But we first need to focus on where there are gaps and where they're frustrated. And little things can really add up. And so as a business owner, I'm going to go back to maybe you are large enough now to have a call center of people helping customers. Um, Or you are a small business and you have now only there's two people. So if you have poor product experience, where maybe you don't have enough information about your product out there or uh, your return policy is not as clear as it could be. Now you have Mary calling in to your customer service line asking questions because she's frustrated. She doesn't understand. And she has to leave a message because nobody's available but to listen to her. So she is frustrated. She hangs up the phone, calls back a day later, same thing. Now she's emailing because she needs to get through. So now she goes to the store and she's taking up somebody's time because she just wants to be heard. So we've talked about four different touch points right now that she has had where she is frustrated and just wants to talk to someone. Where now you have, on the other line you have that customer service rep that is trying to check messages, try to respond to emails, and, and listening to Mary in the store that takes up a lot of time. So every second is, you know, time they say is money. And so if you are able to help Mary in that very first interaction versus four, you're reducing the time and effort needed to help that customer so that you can support other customers. And that's just Mary. So let's say now you have 100 customers that are all emailing, all calling repeated times, going through the website, submitting responses that's going to really eat into the amount of time that you have available as a business owner to take care of general business things. That's just call center type management. And that really adds up. So you can do the math as to how much time and energy is going into each of those calls. Another way would be frustrating um, opportunities with the website. So there was recently an image where I think Kathleen and I were looking at a iceberg. And there's, of course, the tip of the iceberg and then the, the bottom base that you don't see. That's really the overall awareness of people researching products before they come and choose yours. And that website, a lot of times, is the very first impression that they have of the type of organization that you are. And... Uh, sometimes business owners treat that as just this thing I've got to get up. It's just this nuanced, nuisance 
thing of if I can just get up a couple pages, they'll come. I'll deal with them when they get in the store and talk to them. Whereas that is a huge tool and responsibility. And it should have a lot of time and attention put towards it. So, for instance, a poor website design um, versus a good. So, if a person if, wants to use your product and it has lots of information, if they can go to your website and learn about your, your vision, your ex- overall experience to add credibility, the education around that product and service, your return policies, your team, then that tool is working for you. And it's already creating a moment of delight for that customer versus them thinking that they're not being fulfilled because they haven't gotten their questions answered. And so if you're, you've spent all this money on this website, you should spend that time to make sure it is a great tool and resource for your, your business. Uh, another example of e-commerce is a really tricky thing. So online e-commerce, if it is not built to be secure, then you could be reinvesting a lot of funds in the backside to try to make it work and maybe you have to give product refunds or further deeper discounts because you have frustrated customers that weren't able to purchase what they wanted to purchase. So it's better to invest on the front end on some of those tools and processes than on the back end. Can you dig in there? Because when you say making sure that your e-commerce is secure, my mind went to data security. But uh, can you reference what you mean by secure? I do. I, part of that is data security. And so by it having a certi- secure certificate is one of those first great steps to have. Um, people are putting their personal information into your website and they are trusting that you've taken the steps to make sure it is keeping their information private. And by going to a reputable design company, they're going to make sure that all of those checkpoints are hit and so that a customer feels safe when they're putting in their personal information. Um, and then when you, you know, the worst thing that you could have for your, not only just your brand, but your business is to be hacked by somebody getting all the information. Uh, and so it, it does, it is good for you to take those steps proactively to make sure that your website is built to be secure so that people feel safe buying their products from you. Sure. Okay. Yep. So I just want to make sure we were on the same page yeah. as far as what mm-hmm. security looks like. So then tell me, so now I've got, I've checked out my website, I've checked out my e-commerce, and I, I heard the investments that I get to make. Can you tell me about the return that you're seeing for companies? So uh, higher, higher return on their investments? Like what, what's the standard that you're seeing? Well, there, I mean, looking at other industries, um, we've got some great stats. You know, 58% of consumers are willing to spend more on companies that provide excellent customer service. You know, that's coming from companies like American Express. They have been tried and true, like a lot of other organizations, where you could drive down your price point to try to win that business in, but driving down price often is a very short-term strategy, whereas experience always wins. People will pay more if they feel like they were treated fairly and were heard. Yeah, this is so this is great, and 
58% are willing to spend more. So if, if I'm the, the business owner that's saying, oh, do I really want to invest in uh, somebody, a salesperson to just manage the relationship? And I get to say 58% are willing to spend more. And I know or you've got all kinds of stats on these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so tell me well, some more. Like, of- tell me. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Well, think about your customers if they have a positive experience, and and we can all relate to this. You know, we what based on our experience, we are going to tell people if it was negative or positive. And in the era of social media, and we've heard the term of influencers. People listen to influencers. They speak. They listen to brand evangelists, and they they have a voice, and they want to make sure it's heard. And it's so it's. It's just you can see that all around you that if you have somebody that cares about your brand enough to be able to speak to it and promote it, you're going to have this whole sphere of influence of people that are like, oh my gosh, I've got to try this brand out. And then they get to choose that experience for themselves. So there's they a say piece on that, average, oh, go ahead. No, 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 finish that thought. They say on average what? <laughs> Well, that 23% of customers who have a positive experience told 10 or more people about it. Wow. And you'll never even, as a business owner, I'll never probably know who that is unless I'm doing this work. Right. And and, and even then, will and sometimes I? What we, well, sometimes we forget the simple ask is we assume that customers will tell our stories for us. Where I see an opportunity for delight for ourselves is to ask our customers to help tell our stories. So that is another gap and opportunity. So the gap is treating them as if they're a transaction. If you treat them as if they are a repeated valued customer that's going to keep on coming back, one of those crucial touch points is at the end, which really shouldn't be the end. It should be the point of loyalty where you are uh, providing them content, you are letting them know about your promotions, you are telling them about how you are impacting the community around you with your positive efforts through your vision, and enrolling them to come back to use your service. You could do that through text messaging. You can do that through email, social, paid. You know, if you are doing... Um, PR in your community for all the great things that you're doing. There's lots of different opportunities at the very end of that sale where you can enroll that customer to say, I want to come back. And by giving them tools like social media posts, um, little tidbits from the news stories, those promos, it gives them something tangible that they can then share to those possible 10 people versus that assuming that they know exactly what to say and how to share it. So give it to them and ask them to. If they're truly uh, enjoying the experience with you, they would be happy to share that with their friends and family given the tools. Laura, this is so freeing. <laughs> I talk to so many people. That's like, I don't know how to grow my business. And, and they don't uh, They don't want to share it with people. And yet people all around them that want to support them in growing their business, if only we asked and gave them the tools. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in those tools, like I, I'm a designer at heart, and so I love using the five senses and just using 
everything that you have at your disposal to, you know, for tactile touch or smell. You know, when you think about what goes in the bag with the product or what could be sent to them electronically after, if you think about, um, I mean, if you're sending, let's say you're a bakery and you're creating cookies, everybody loves that smell of the cookies. So if you did a promo piece where you have a scratch and sniff sticker on that postcard that smells like the chocolate chip cookies, that is a sensory response that gets you going, oh, my gosh, how cute is this? Oh, my gosh. Beth, you have to hear about this bakery. They just sent me this postcard. They're having this big sale on cookies, and it smelled like chocolate chip cookies. And she's like, no way. I want that too. So, you know, that was one little thing that they did to market their business using the, the the very essence of what they have that's special. So, you know, think about your own business and what you have that makes you unique and special and just use the five senses to explore and delight your customers. People love talking oh, about those things and sharing them. That's so cool. I, I, I got a scratch and sniff postcard with cookies. I would share it with everyone. I know. You would get on social. You would talk about it. And, you know, how much would that possibly drive into that bakery? Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting because I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. And it's such a – it's such an easy way. We aren't really con- – in the past, we haven't been conditioned to think about it this way. But I hear you saying just use whatever you've got and leverage that, like the smell in a bakery. That's brilliant. Well, and the other example I love to give is, you know, blowing things up. And it doesn't have to be the norm. Uh, And so we, in my past life, we did a lot of bank websites. And the experience vision that this bank had was they wanted it to feel like a community. So beyond the brick and mortar of you come in and you deposit your check into a transaction, they wanted it to be a place that people could gather, could talk, and truly feel like they are amongst friends. And so they converted one of their banks into a coffee shop. And so as soon as you walked in, it didn't look like sellers. It didn't have that traditional, you know, long line. It had um, a barista. It had couches. You were welcomed by people of comfort that were there to talk to you. And, you know, unbeknownst to you, you've got a conversation next to you about a mortgage that's happening or the funds that they want to raise for their, their daughter's education. And they're able to sit and relax and just feel maybe a little comfort away from their daily grind. And they want to spend time there and get to know the people that work there and vice versa. So it truly is a community. And so that, it was beyond something that you would see in any type of a bank. And I love that example because I want to share that. I want to tell more people about that because it can happen. You you don't have to always just do what's expected. Take the opportunity for delight. Oh, I love that. And we are almost out of time. We could talk about this forever. So, Laura, <laughs> what, what's the one tip that you want to leave with the audience about customer user experience or customer user design? What is the one thing you want them to know? That everyone has the opportunity from top down, you know, your team and yourself, to take a moment of that person's life and make it better. And you can do that by creating that vision and strategy to make that an evolving and reoccurring process forever. 
Oh, that's good. Laura, how do people get a hold of you if they want to they talk more about this with you or they want to learn more about what you're up to? How do they get a hold of you? Well, there's two different ways. One would be going to my website, which is customerdelightsprocess.com, or find me on LinkedIn. Okay. Wow, you make it so simple. I appreciate that. So, Laura, thank you so much for being on today. I enjoyed hearing about this experience, and I, I love talking with you and all that you're up to. And I, what's going through my mind right now is cookie smell, cookie smell postcard. <laughs> I guess to remember that and and a coffee shop bank and all this how we can make things really complicated or we can boil it down to the essence of what we have and are and market that and ask people around us to support us in getting that word out yes yeah awesome okay well thank you so much again Laura what's your website again so everybody can hear that again absolutely it is customerdelightprocess.com customerdelightprocess.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Laura. And everyone that's listening, if you're enjoying this conversation, be sure that you're listening to the past episodes of Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. We talk about the five steps to creating a six-figure-plus income. We've talked with experts on all kinds of different experiences and growing your business. So just like Laura, we've got other topics that would be a benefit to you as you're growing your business. And if you want to dig more into topics like we have today, join us on Profit Launch Club. Okay, ProfitLaunchClub.com. It's an opportunity where you get to meet other entrepreneurs. You get to dig into the five steps to creating your business, and you get to understand how you can apply the principles that we talk about right here on this show into your business. Okay, into your business. So what I have a thought for you today, something to think about before we hop off this live show, I want you to think about What's the thing in your business right now? What's the thing that, that you've got going for you? Because we've all got something going for us. What's the thing that makes you unique and special? And how do you leverage that? How do you hand that idea or that thought to your customers so that they willingly talk, shout? Just They're so excited to be a part of this process with you in growing your business. Hey, think about that one thing that makes you you because everybody's got one. And that's my thought for you today. Everybody's got something that makes them amazing and you get to understand what that is. So be sure to let me know. You can let me know my information's all available, Kathleen at KathleenReeson.com and it's in the show notes. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. Thank you for listening Network. to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. Kathleen Reason will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Would you like to be on the show or do you have a show idea? Go to KathleenReason.com forward slash radio. Have a great week.